0: which i need because lately i want to do my hair in like a slicked back look but my hair's too frizzy get 15 off lola v with the code mom room at www.lolav.com mom room and lola v is l-o-l-a-v-i-e
1: little wing is now streaming on paramount plus
0: i'm in a period of emotional people
1: i tell all the oh, i don't care crap
0: Welcome to the mom room podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. This episode is all about postpartum recovery from a vaginal birth and a few weeks from now I am going to have a whole episode dedicated to postpartum recovery from a c-section so look out for that one as well. After I had Milo, I think I was a little bit in shock with regard to how much swelling I had, how sore I was how difficult it was to walk and just, you know, scooch myself over on the bed just to breastfeed. Everything was so much more difficult than I had anticipated. And I didn't even have a bad labor or delivery experience. I would say I probably had a fairly normal experience or maybe even than the typical vaginal delivery. And it kind of blew my mind that nobody talks about the nitty gritty details of what your body actually goes through after delivering a child which i think is probably connected to the whole everyone wanting to come visit after you have a baby thing because nobody really understands what the mom is going through which is weird because so many women have babies yet like do they forget what what it felt like when they got home like i just don't understand And in this episode, Adiza and I were really talking about the physical um, recovery aspect and not so much the mental, like, you know, depression or anxiety or any kind of emotional uneasiness that new moms might have. So keep that in mind as well. It's not just the physical aspect of giving birth. There's also a huge mental component, uh, which makes recovery that much more difficult, And similar to my feelings regarding having visitors after giving birth, I didn't want visitors at all, in case you don't know, go listen to that episode. But I also felt like, wow, all these women that I've known throughout my life who have given birth, were they feeling this way too? Because nobody told me that it sucks this bad. And yes, I realize it's so beautiful. You created this child. Childbirth is so beautiful. But let's be honest, it hurts. It's uncomfortable for weeks and weeks. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of swelling. It's difficult. So I hate the whole, uh, let's paint a picture of it being so amazing and You know, you should just be happy that you have a healthy baby and you're a healthy mom and well, no, like let's actually talk about what it's like so people know what to expect and they can prepare for it. So I'll stop complaining, but without further ado, here is my episode with Ediza, who is a fellow TikTok mom, uh, that's where we met, and she has a lot of TikTok videos about things they never told you, about breastfeeding, about labor, about delivery, about postpartum recovery, so definitely go check her out, and all her information will be in the episode notes, so here you go, Enjoy. I am talking to Adiza Ferris who is a fellow TikTok mom. Hi. And hello. Thanks for being on my I call it a show. So we met because I think someone asked us to do a big collaboration and we were both a part of it and so I started following you and then I followed you on Instagram and so on and so on. And so when I wanted to do an episode about postpartum recovery I thought of you because you have all your TikToks about things they didn't tell you about postpartum, things they didn't tell you about labor. Um, So before we get started with the postpartum stuff, I just wanted to ask you to say a little bit about yourself, uh, like where you live, family, how many kids you have, uh, and how you got started on TikTok.
1: Yeah, so I I am from Orange County, California, but I've Bit, kind of been all over the place. Um, I grew up here and um, moved with my husband when we first got married. Uh, we moved to Michigan and then we moved to Rhode Island and Massachusetts. So we've kind of been all over the place. And I have one daughter. Her name is Skye. She loves to be on my TikToks. <laughs> when did you start TikTok? Oh, I started TikTok, I want to say like February of this year. okay, same. Yeah, so we like started around the same time. Oh, okay,
0: nice. And I think moms are taking over TikTok slowly. Okay, so the first thing I wanted to go over were the top five things that both of us didn't expect in postpartum recovery. So I thought you could give one thing and then I'll give one and we'll do like five each about.
1: So the first thing that I didn't anticipate was the pain. Like everybody has different, you know, types of pain. Some people have burning. Some people have like overall soreness. Some people have no pain and then some people have tons of pain. So it really depends on what your situation is down there.
0: Before we keep going, I forgot. I wanted to make it clear that we're not talking about C-sections both Adiza and I have one child, and we both happen to have a vaginal birth. So we're specifically going to be talking about vaginal postpartum recovery. Um, But down the road, I'm definitely going to do a C-section episode with someone who has had a C-section. So I just want to make that clear. Okay, continue.
1: Two different kinds of recoveries, like C-section recovery is different than a vaginal. And so, you know, for me, the pain, you know, obviously, there's different stages of it, right? So I remember, immediately after giving birth to my daughter, I was like, Oh my God, I can't even walk. I'm so sore. And the the nurse was like, you just did like the hardest P90X of your life. Like give yourself a break. Because there were other moms saying like, well, I just got up and walked around right away. I was fine. Like immediately after. And then I thought that that's what was going to happen. And then I was like completely confused and blindsided, you know, with the pain and the soreness. And then, you know, as weeks go on, if you get stitches, which I did, you know, there's like, um, like an, I mean, if anybody gets stitches on their arm, it tends to itch. So then, You get that sensation and all of the remedies that kind of go along with it that you have to kind of help manage that pain afterwards. So my, the first one that I was
0: going to say was the actual trauma that happened to my vagina, like trauma. And I think I was expecting like the tearing and the stitches and that kind of pain, but I wasn't expecting the swelling, like swollen So much so that it's so uncomfortable and painful to walk, to sit down. And when you're trying to take care of a newborn baby, Mm -hmm. it's so frustrating when you can't
1: move. And you can't pee. The
0: worst was if you're laying in bed and then you want to get up to breastfeed or something and you can't like scoot yourself mm-hmm. on the bed to like go to get out of bed. Yeah. Cause you're like, you're yeah. in so much pain. And I was like, Oh,
1: why didn't anyone tell me this? The swelling was crazy. The swelling also, um, your anatomy kind of changes down there. Like I, I didn't really expect that at all. Obviously there's a lot of force, when the baby is coming out, that things tend to change, even your nerve endings change a bit. So for me, like, I wanted to say that in one of my TikToks, but I didn't have enough time. But yeah, your anatomy kind of changes down there.
0: Anatomy. And I think a lot of the focus is on what happens to your vagina. Mm -hmm. And there's not even that much focus on that, because people just tend not to talk about these things. But nobody talks about your bum, like you are pushing so hard mm-hmm. that like I felt for the first couple weeks that like my bum hole was like inside out is what I say <laughs> which is why it's so terrifying to go for your first two mm-hmm. because you feel so swollen and just like broken everywhere and I didn't I didn't have bad tearing so I can't imagine the people who have like, a full tear
1: like a full episiotomy where they cut yeah all the way to their butthole like
0: like that must be next level but just from the pushing oh yeah is like things happen down there which is mostly swelling
1: mostly swelling and then even I even mentioned it in one of my videos is hemorrhoids like when you're pushing down there you don't you don't know what you're pushing you're just pushing so everything is from the inside is coming out yeah and so you develop like hemorrhoids down there and a lot of people are like what are hemorrhoids and I'm like oh y'all you'll see and if you have multiple kids, like it gets even worse, It like just gets progressively worse. So that definitely changes as far as anatomy goes. Yeah.
0: This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. You guys know I have been very intentional with what we've been eating lately. I'm looking at protein, I'm looking at sugar content, and avoiding things like artificial ingredients or colorings. Simplify your kid's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Every time if I'm sick, and this is probably TMI, but I don't care. But um, if I'm having like a sore stomach attack and I have diarrhea, I always complain to my husband, like, what did he do to my bum? Like, I it's just, it's not the same. And I don't think it'll ever be the same. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about that. It's all focused on your vagina. And it's like, well, yeah, but your bum is going to be weird too.
1: Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, things definitely change after children and even like hormonally too, like things happen. You know, that was another point that I wanted to make is that like hormonally you change. If you have a girl, which I did, you have a lot of estrogen in your body, and your body reacts differently with that much amount of estrogen. So what
0: would an increase in estrogen do? What did you notice?
1: So I noticed that some of like my symptoms were lingering that were from pregnancy. So the swelling, so I get swelling in my hands before my period, right? But I should I never had that before I had my daughter. So hot flashes, I'll have hot flashes again, now and again, but typically before my period things like that. So, um, you know, after talking to my OB, she was like, that's normal. if you have an overabundant amount of estrogen in your body. So I was like, Oh, so this is what I have to live with for the rest of my life. And they're like, well, until you hit menopause and then it just gets 10 times worse. And I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll just take what I have right now. Yeah,
0: Joy. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else that you didn't expect?
1: The bleeding, there's a lot of blood. They didn't tell me about the blood. They told me like, oh, you know, um, just make sure to get the pads and the, the diapers from the um, hospital, make sure to grab some of those. And I like got a moderate amount. Like I was like, okay, I'll take like four pads and like uh, some of this cheapy underwear. I had no idea. I was bleeding probably for about eight to 10 weeks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just like to clear it all. They didn't do a sweep, which I found from other people that commented on my videos that they – Sometimes we'll do a sweep and they'll push everything out to help with the recovery. So that way you're not bleeding for weeks like I was. Like
0: after the delivery?
1: Yeah, like immediately after the delivery. They said it's really painful, but it helps with that. But I didn't have that. So one of my, this is
0: like, I can't believe that this happened to me. But after I gave birth, I think it was a week after. And I don't know if it was from wearing the thick pads and the adult diapers, but I developed like a welt in between like I guess my vagina and my bum hole like at the very bottom of my butt cheek a big welt and like I already couldn't sit down because I just gave birth Uh and now I had this crazy Uh welt so when we went to one of Milo's checkups because you know they check the baby but not the mom I asked her to check the welt and she was like oh like I think you need to go see basically a surgeon to have it drained and I was like oh my god are you kidding me so I think it was a week after giving Birth, I had to go back to the hospital and like be frozen. They gave me needles in my like butt area to drain this like welt I had on my butt, and I just remember. Obviously, they knew my husband, and I was like, "This isn't embarrassing at all," you know. (laughs) And 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 they were like, "Oh, where's the little baby?" And I was like, "Oh, I kept him at home. Like he's with his dad." (laughs) And I remember the nurse being like, "You." thing. Like you just gave birth and now you're back at the hospital, like with us cutting you open right in the area where you're already sore. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that at all. But the one positive of it was that they gave me freezing mm-hmm. to drain it out. And I remember leaving the hospital being like, I feel like a million bucks, like because I couldn't feel anything down there because of the freezing. And then once it wore off, I was back to being miserable. But
1: Yeah. I remember when I when I was in labor, yeah, they told me that was four sediment years xylate. And I was like, give me an epidural. Give me that fucking epidural. Like I was like, give it to me now. And so they're like, okay, anesthesiologist went to lunch. And I'm like, you better call his ass back because I want the epidural now. And so finally, once I got the epidural, he actually had to do it three times because he missed the mark on my spine. And so um, he punctured my spinal fluid. So it was slowly leaking. So he asked me, he's like, do you want to do a blood patch? And I was like, well, no, I think I'm fine. I think I just have headaches from like having to push so hard or something. And he's like, mm, okay, well like, let me know. And I was like, okay. And so I remember like every time I would have to get up, I would just have this like migraine. And so I had to always breastfeed my daughter's side, like on the bed. And so I couldn't like get out of bed and I had so many headaches and I'm trying to enjoy my baby. So I didn't, for the first week, I didn't even really enjoy this time, this bonding time that you're supposed to have because I was recovering. And, um, I also had a spinal leak. So then they had to go back in and then take out blood from my arm, take that blood, put it back into my spine to do a blood clot. And then immediately 10 minutes later, I was like, this is great. Oh, this is what I should have felt while I was, you know, post, like immediately after giving birth, I should have felt this normal, but because of that situation and the puncture, I was enabled for a whole week. That's a whole week of bonding time that you should have with your child. And I just didn't have it because I was just so out of it. So, I mean, you know, you're you're trying to recover. You're trying to do all this stuff, but these things happen. And I totally got blindsided by that. Yeah.
0: Oh, things that shouldn't even happen that end up happening.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, those are the risks. And I didn't even research any of that stuff when it came to epidurals. I was like, I don't want anybody to talk me out of getting an epidural. I want an epidural. I don't care what it takes. I'm just going to do it. And then now in hindsight, I probably will on my next pregnancy, I'm going to try it without.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, if you had that experience for sure. Okay. Was there anything that you did specifically to prepare for labor and delivery? And it could be anything. Like, did you read a lot? Did you do any like physical stuff, anything?
1: It didn't dawn on me until probably like I was 38 weeks or maybe like 39 weeks. I was like, I should figure out what I'm going to, what I'm, what I'm getting myself into. And so that's when I started researching all these like YouTube videos, like, you know, things you didn't know about labor and, you know, the top 10 things that they don't tell you. And so I started, you know, checking things off and, um, that I really felt like that helped me mentally. Right. So if you kind of know what's coming, like, you know, you're going to feel like you're going to have to poo, um, you know, you'll once, you know, what was another thing that they didn't, they told me, um, or they uh, in the YouTube videos, they basically were like, um, you know, you'll, you'll start to when you start to push or when you can't take it anymore. That's when you know you have to push kind of thing. And so I mean, it's different for everybody. But once I got that sensation, I was like, okay. I know I'm ready to go. You know, that's what I felt like I, I really needed to hear so I can check things off while I was experiencing it. So that really helped me. And then, of course, like my hospital bag, like that's definitely something that I prepared beforehand, which, by the way, the videos and, and the blogs out there that tell you what to bring in your hospital bag, I feel were shit because... Somebody said like incense, and I was like, I'm not fucking bringing <laughs> incense to my my like labor room. I got labor with fucking incense. Um, what was another thing like candles? I was like, no, this is too much. <laughs> like charge cable, got it. Like I can deal with that. I think, yeah, that was definitely something that I did beforehand was research all of that stuff beforehand.
0: Yeah. I was so hardcore about the hospital bag and I wrote a blog post about it because when I looked back at the pictures of us, cause I was induced, so I was fully prepared. I knew when it was going to happen and everything. And I had like a suitcase, like I had so much stuff and most of it was like snacks, like fresh fruit, yeah. like, stuff that you're craving. Yeah. yeah, snacks and then electronic stuff, like yeah, a long charging cable. I had my sound machine, which is like a white noise machine. Yeah. Um like a portable speaker so I could play my music in the in the room, like stuff. Yeah, I made such a detailed list for hospital bags because I was like my husband was embarrassed because him and my sister had to make like multiple trips to the car. And I was like, I don't care. You go get everything. (laughs) Like I had my own blanket, my own like pillow, like everything.
1: I would totally say, yeah, get your own blanket, get your own pillow. Because it feels so foreign when you're in that room that you want to keep it as like normal as possible. Yeah. Comfortable. And snacks were one thing that I totally like mom brained out on I you know always I would highly recommend if anybody's watching this to make sure to have your snacks because the hospital food that they give you is like is shit it's so bad so have your own snacks things that aren't perishable if you I had a refrigerator in my room I had like the best labor and delivery room actually because I labored and I delivered in the same room and it was my own room like I didn't have to share it with somebody else so that was really awesome Yeah. So, I mean, if you're lucky to have that, then definitely, um, you know, bring your own water. Oh my gosh. I brought Evian water. I was like, I'm going to make this like the top class experience for me. I'm going to give myself the best if I can. I know. I'm like, nobody could touch my Evian. I had like Evian. I think they gave me like, uh, you know, the hospital cup that looks like a pitcher. (laughs) <laughs> so they put some ice in there and then my Evian and then I slipped on that and I was like, this is the best thing ever. I mean, they would have just given me like, you know, whatever like water that they have there, but you know, bring your own water, bring your own snacks. Um, one thing. Yes. Yeah. And then obviously like your clothes, like good clothes, clothes that'll make you feel like good not like me. <laughs> I packed like a robe, this like really cute Kate Spade robe that I was like, oh, I'm gonna wear this for pictures, and I, I was so dumb. I got a medium. <laughs> like, I, you are not a medium. <laughs> if you just gave birth to, a, I mean, unless if you're super super petite, but I'm not. So I don't know why I, I got a medium. I should you should get like a maternity robe something because you're, you're still going to have your belly and something that'll cover you and that's long and you know
0: everything so, extra extra large just doesn't matter what it is just that's yeah. what I did like all the black underwear I stocked up on yeah like pajamas everything just extra large and then it's comfortable and
1: yeah definitely and then um I mean, my husband should speak on behalf of himself, but, you know, he had to go back and forth. I mean, we only lived like at the time, like three minutes away from the hospital. So he had to go back and forth a few times because he, he just, he kept forgetting his clothes. He kept forgetting, you know, his shoes or whatever he wanted to change into and stuff. So bag of toiletries too. Don't forget that. Yeah.
0: I just pretended like I was going to a hotel and what I would bring with me for an overnight at a hotel or at a friend's house like all my bathroom stuff. I brought even my own toilet paper roll so that I had like, you know, plush toilet paper. I brought my own towel like to shower with. I wanted to be super comfortable and I'm so happy I brought all that stuff. I so one of the things that I mentioned that I wish I would have done more of and what no one told me about is how sore you are after pushing so hard like I felt like I got hit by a truck my back was so sore and then I think it just continues from you know bending over all the time to breastfeed or like even if you're bottle feeding like picking up the baby bending down to change diapers like there's something about taking care of babies that just kills your back and your neck so like if I were to get pregnant again which I probably won't I would literally take a workout class just to like beef up my back (laughs) like yeah my back oh my god I've never had such bad back pain in my life and it was from pushing so hard
1: um I mean that's the reason why I mean I have a I have a trainer right now and she's um, we've been doing a lot of Zoom workouts, but um, when I meet with her, I told her, I was like, I'm planning, I'm gearing up for my next pregnancy. I want to make sure I'm physically ready, you know, to hold my baby. And also, like, I had tons of back pain. Like, even all throughout my pregnancy, I had tons of back pain. And a lot of it has to do, um, according to my doctor, um, the hormones, your hormones are basically triggering your spinal um vertebrae to like kind of lengthen to make room for your guts because the baby is obviously taking up a lot of room so i mean i had terrible back. i couldn't even get up in the morning i had to have ryan like roll me <laughs> push me out of bed and yeah especially after my um spinal tap and, and my you know where my epidural site is yeah back pain is no joke this episode is brought to you by paramount plus
0: Later on in my pregnancy, uh, my friend who's a chiropractor was saying the same kind of thing, how like your joints are kind of loosening to prepare to give birth. And I remember I bent over just to lift up the toilet seat and threw out my lower back and I had to go see her and she had to adjust it. And I couldn't believe it. Just bending over and I was pretty in shape. I did yoga all the time and just bending over like a certain motion and my whole lower back just clicked out of place. I was like, oh, did you do any perineal stretching or massage?
1: I didn't. I did not do that. Um, I kind of wish I did. I don't know if you've seen like the TikToks of that one uh, model chick. She's like she's like um, a plus size model. She's really, really popular. She's like blonde, but she said that she had like a balloon and then she would like puff it and it helps stretched out. So she never... She didn't tear down there?
0: I I had tearing, but not really bad Uh tearing. But I went to a pelvic floor physio before... That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, when I was pregnant, I went to one. Uh And the only reason I even knew about it was because my friend, who's the chiropractor, was hosting a thing at her office about uh, pregnancy and like chiropractor work and pelvic floor physio. And I went to their meeting... And I was, like, in awe at the pelvic floor physio because she was saying how at the consultation, like, they actually do an internal exam and, like, feel all your muscles internally. They get you to do, like, a Kegel and they tell you if you're doing it properly. And I love how as I'm talking, I'm, like, making... <laughs>
1: not to be gross but and i know exa- i know exactly what yeah, you're I'm like yep, she did mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: yeah so that was so interesting to me so i think i went to her twice and now just recently i started having noticing that i'm weak down there cuz i used to be super strong so now i want to go back and see where i'm at now and people always assume that they're just that they're weak down there but you can be too tight which causes problems as well so then you have to kind of work on being able to release as opposed to like tightening it up so
1: definitely not a problem for my husband I can tell you
0: that. (laughs) this Renee girl you're talking to don't talk to her anymore I would
1: not think that's a problem at all he would be like you know what we don't need to see a pelvic floor nobody (laughs) but uh yeah, that I didn't actually know about a pelvic floor doctor. To actually TikTok. So I was like, oh, I should I should have seen a pelvic floor physician or I don't know, physio. It's just so I would do that for my next my next um pregnancy for sure.
0: And the thing that drives me insane is that pelvic floor physio is not included in just your typical pregnancy care or postpartum care.
1: Like it should be. It should. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy
0: because it it can prevent so many issues. And like my husband's a urologist, so he's the the doctor that sees all the women later on in life that have all these problems from childbirth and it can be prevented and it can be fixed with a pelvic floor physio. But people don't want to pay out of pocket, obviously, or they just don't go and it should just be included. Okay, so...
1: Top five products for the postpartum period. Um, I'm gonna, my number one is depends. I don't know if you guys have the same depends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because
0: did you get the did you get the silhouette ones?
1: Oh yeah. I have like packs of. Uh, I still use them for my period because I never leak ever, even overnight. Like if I wear them to bed, I'm <laughs> super sexy <laughs> to wear them to bed. I never leak. It's like the best thing ever. And sometimes like. <laughs> they're really comfortable yeah and then like you just I mean you carry an extra you can't like carry a clutch or anything when <laughs> you're you know going to a ball or something don't you know carry your depends and your clutch but you know I have some in my purse <laughs> if I have to change you know when I'm go if I'm out and about but yeah like I love depends
0: they have those depends now that have the nice little patterns on them or they have like nude so you know if you want to wear a, a little oh yeah, sexy something. They have them in nude. They're very, very advanced now, I would say.
1: Oh yeah. And I think, I mean, it's full coverage all around. And even, like I said, like your anatomy changes down there and you're still actually getting used to, your body's coming back to, um, you know, back to normal or somewhat normal from what you were pre-pregnancy. But while I mean, what I'm trying to say is that you still kind of pee your pants even after you're, you know, postpartum, because you're still you're still healing and, you know, you're still, you know, swollen and big. And so things are still kind of getting back to normal. And so, yeah, just in case if like you do um, pee your pants, while even after you have your baby, I mean, depends rocked for me. They're
0: there for you. They're there for you they
1: are <laughs> so that would be my number one <laughs>
0: you can depend on depends
1: you can depend on depends. yep <laughs> depends if you're listening you could sponsor us
0: <laughs> my first one is not a postpartum product at all but so my sister was there for the birth of milo her and my husband she's a she's a nurse So she stayed with us. Milo was born on a Friday and she stayed with us for the weekend. And she has, because she's used to taking care of people in the hospital, she just had the best ideas for like how to keep me comfortable. And something that she did for me was, because I was mostly in the living room on the couch all day, she put my dog's pee pads on the couch. And then because... Oh, that's so smart. When you're recovering, you are, like I was saying, you're bleeding a lot. And to kind of promote healing, you want to keep it dry down there as much as possible. So instead of sitting like in a Depends or with a big pad on, I sat from the waist down naked on my dog's pee pads. So and then I would drape a blanket over me and like just live my life.
1: Oh, no, I would totally just like free ball it, get a fan. Yeah, spread eagle and just like let the fan.
0: Fan is genius, but yeah, just sit there, no pants on, bleeding my own blood on the pee pad. So invest in some doggy pee pads. I would say.
1: Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. I highly, I I would definitely do that on my next one.
0: Yes, do it. So, what's your what's your next product?
1: Um, you know, I I would I had the I call it the pee the pizza pad or the pad pizza. Sorry, those was fly. Um, <laughs> the, um, the pad pizza basically where it was like the pad with the witch hazel, um, circular pepperoni things. And it had like witch hazel. And then, um, I used like the dermoplast down there and I would have that. Like if I was going out and stuff, I would put that, or if I was at work, did I use that when I was? Yeah, I did. And, um, you know, I would just kind of put that on, this is, let's just say this is my vagina. I would take the pad with the witch hazel pads and I would spray first with dermoplast, take the pad pizza and then, you know, wear it. And it was very cooling throughout the day. Obviously it didn't stay cool, but you know, on, on initial contact, that was probably like the best thing, you know, all throughout my, um, postpartum period. Yeah.
0: Was that something that
1: you made? That was something that actually the, I heard, I read about it and I just couldn't connect the dots as to like how this, like somebody had mentioned it on a blog, like this is what you're going to do. And I just didn't get like, when do I use this? Like, am I supposed to bring these products to the hospital? And then my nurse actually came up and she's like, okay, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to show you how to make it. And then she showed me how to use it and do it. And she's like, you're going to keep using this for, you know, until you run out until it stops hurting.
0: I had made um like have you heard of the padsicles yes. like you make them in the yes. freezer? So I made a shit ton of those and then I ended up not liking them, so I didn't use them. but I, I've heard that lots of people like them, but I didn't like the the freezing feeling. So I had, I don't know if you've heard of the brand called Earth Mama Organics. They have a perineal balm and they have a perineal spray. So after I would go pee, I would spray like the water bottle thing with warm water. And then I would air dry with a cold hair dryer, which was such a good idea. Oh my God, it was the best thing ever. And then I would apply balm, which has peppermint in it and witch hazel and lavender I think so I equate it to you know when your lips are really chapped and you put on like a minty chapstick that's exactly yeah oh my god it was so amazing and then I would spray the spray on top of it which is made of similar stuff I loved those two products and now whenever one of my friends is pregnant I get them the perineal balm because it's so good
1: that's definitely something that I probably would want to use on my next one because you know I I it's so weird because I was like I just don't want to look down there like I was like I don't want to know the carnage. Did you ever look? I didn't look. I was so scared because I was like I just I just don't want to know like what she. I don't ever want to think like you did this to me. But I, I probably would want to do more stuff down there, I think maybe for the second one, because it's going to probably change things again. So Uh,
0: any other products that you can think of that you
1: loved? Definitely get yourself some postpartum leggings. It's not the same as like maternity leggings, they're postpartum. So they're a little bit firmer up top. So instead of like, you know, you know, when you have like maternity pants, they're like kind of really loose up top to cover the belly. Well, these ones were a little bit tighter up top. They still kind of covered your be- belly, but they kind of help with the swelling and they were like leggings. They were great. Um, okay. So you
0: didn't look at your vagina. Cause that was one of my questions for you. Cause I didn't either. I don't I don't really know anyone that has looked right away, but I can't even imagine what it looks like. My husband, like because he was checking the well, he must have saw what it looked like.
1: Yeah, I did not let my husband go down there as look at anything at all. I think we even waited like the full 6 weeks to to get intimate again to have sex. So, I mean, he he we were under very strict doctor's orders, but even then, like even after the 6 weeks when if you're trying to get busy again, It's like, it's not the same. It didn't even, it took me probably a good, I would say like maybe eight months to be like pain free. I think-
0: a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the healing Mm -hmm. has to take place on the inside like even if your outside is healed you're still healing on the inside like the inside way longer to heal so it would make sense that you know having sex would oh yeah definitely affect that it blew my mind that they were like oh yeah at six six weeks you're good to go and I was like really because I didn't I don't think we had sex till 10 weeks after
1: yeah you just and I think even. And like, you don't feel right. Also, like you're still trying to breastfeed and you still got a lot on your mind and you're, you know, being intimate with your husband or having sex like that. It takes, that takes a backseat, especially while you're healing.
0: So one thing I wanted to talk about was why we think that people don't talk about this stuff, the nitty gritty details of, you know, the swelling, the, like the, how your bum is affected and... I don't know if people feel like they can't say anything bad because there's kind of this People like to shine a light on like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. And look what your body did. And they don't. And it's the same with parenting and stuff like that. People don't want to say anything negative about the entire experience because I don't know if they think people are going to judge them or think like, oh, well, like she didn't have a good experience. And and it's like, no, but you can't deny the fact that it's traumatic and it's painful and it's not enjoyable. Like some of the stuff that you have to go through is not enjoyable.
1: Yeah, and and this is actually why I admire your channel so much is because you're so honest about what we're all feeling, right? So um, there are things where I feel like I just get the impression that if you talk about something negatively, then it makes kind of you look bad, right? So like I'm having like I need a break, or then all of a sudden it's like oh you're a lazy mom or you know, oh, I went through this. And it's like, what, you can't handle childbirth kind of thing. So it almost seems kind of taboo to bring up all of these normal things that are actually happening. And so I'm so glad that, like, you know, there are people like you who are out here speaking things that are really happening, things that are going on in my brain. I'm like, yes, that's exactly how I feel sometimes. Because then, I mean, it's not like I... I feel mom guilt. I feel like a shitty mom sometimes. And then, you know, it's good to relate to somebody that, you know, feels the same way, not like you (laughs) feel like a shitty mom or anything. But I'm just saying, like, some of the things that you, you know, uh, talk about in some of your TikToks, I'm like, Oh, okay, well, I'm not the only one, you know, I should, I shouldn't feel this mom guilt, because, you know, everybody else is experiencing the same things that I'm experiencing, too. So I think that was um, the first thing that I recommend to anybody who is pregnant is to really find a mom group, really find a forum, somebody that kind of like, if you have complications, find other women that have the same complications um, because that way you're able to kind of connect with people. Then you can talk about your guys's you know, symptoms and see if you're experiencing the same thing. So you can normalize it. So you don't feel like you're, you know, you're such an outcast for feeling these things that are, typically normal
0: it's amazing to me when I started making some of the tiktoks about certain things that maybe people don't necessarily talk about all the comments on the tiktoks like oh my god me too me too me too and it's like yeah yeah, I I figured everyone felt the same way but it's not something that people really want to talk about
1: oh yeah even just expressing some of your viewpoints. I mean, I I express things always from a mom perspective. And I always try to talk about things, not even the positive things, like also like the negative things, like I just did a video, uh, things they didn't tell you about breastfeeding. And I basically talked about how stressed out I was, I was stressed out, like, all the time. And people don't talk about these things or they talk about them and then they're like, well, it wasn't so bad for me. And then I just want to be like, well, fuck you. It was hard for me. And, you know, people say like, oh yes, I totally felt that way. So I just always want to make it an area where people can kind of open up and be free to talk about their struggles with these issues that like I had, because I never had that. I didn't have have that beforehand. I didn't have a bunch of mom friends. I'm the first out of all my friends to be pregnant. So it was kind of like difficult to guide myself through some of these issues.
0: Yeah, it's so important to have people that you feel like you can talk to without being judged. And I love on Instagram, I'll get messages from other moms, because I I post something or they reply to one of my stories. And I can tell they're saying something to me that they probably don't say to other people. And I'm like, I'm happy that I could be that person that you feel like I have zero judgment. And you can just tell me, Oh, I hate when I lose my cool with my kids, like it makes me feel so bad. And yeah, it's nice to even if it's someone just on Instagram that you can, you know, express those things to.
1: Oh, yeah, I got this one message from I think a cousin of mine. And it was basically a post. And it was like, you're still a good mom, even though you lose your temper, not temperature," <laughs> and. You know, I have to constantly remind myself that because, you know, you do get frustrated as a mom, like you're tackling on everything and you take care of yourself, you take care of the house, the family, and you're taking care of this human being. And, you know, it's a lot. It's good. It's, it's really good that we have, um, you know, avenues where people can kind of talk about all of this stuff.
0: I was wondering if you could let us know what three resources are that you would recommend for moms. So it could be like a podcast. It could be like an Instagram account. It could be a book,
1: anything. So I used a lot of apps. So one of the apps that I used was what to expect. And so I liked looking at it because it talks about all these different symptoms that you might have in different from like week stages. So every week you'll have a new set of symptoms, or you won't have a new set of symptoms or whatever. And they talk about like the development of your baby. And I remember reading something and talking about like how big a baby, my baby was just about the size of a quarter or something like that. And I just like burst into tears because once you can visualize it and once you can like kind of like connect the dots to everything, it, it's, it's it's such a special experience being pregnant, you know? It's, it's, your, it's your body making this wonderful creation So that all of that, um, I felt a lot when I was using that app because I would read every single day these little milestones that my daughter would be achieving throughout each week. So that's definitely one. Let's see. I mean, obviously, I would say recommend like YouTube videos. I can't think of a single person in particular. Definitely go on forums and talk to other moms. Oh, Facebook groups too. So they say like August Babies 2018. That's where my daughter was. And I would talk to other moms about things and then share different milestones. That Those three resources, I would say, going on forums, the What to Expect um, app is something I used every day. And then also, I just did a lot of research on like YouTube. Um, okay, and lastly, where can people find you? What do you have going on? So I have a, I have a new blog. I used to have an old blog, um, healthygirlfashion.com, but I've moved that over to adiza.com. And so uh, pretty much it's going to be a compilation of... Everything, my IGTV, um, my YouTube, my TikToks, and then all these blog posts that I have um, ready to go. And then uh, if you subscribe, you get like a free list of all the postpartum things that um, you can ask for at the hospital that are free. And uh, and also I'm on TikTok.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So all those, all Adiza's like social media and her blog and everything, I'm going to put in the episode notes of the podcast episode. So you can find her there. And I just want to thank you for doing this episode with me. And I'm sure we'll do another one in the future. And you have to start a podcast. You said you're the only one that doesn't have a podcast. So that's her next Yes, You got to get on that. Well, I hope Adiza and I didn't scare people out of having children, but I do think it's important for us to be open and honest about our experiences because when no one is talking about these things, I think women go into pregnancy and childbirth with these false expectations and then when they find themselves struggling in the postpartum period, they feel like they're alone and nobody else went through what they're going through, which is totally not the case. So my goal for this episode was to just let people know, you know, if you felt like your butthole was inside out too, well, so did I, you're not alone. And if you're about to give birth, I hope that you got some helpful tips from us and your expectations are kind of more in line with what you're actually going to experience. There's a huge problem when, you know, we as a society don't talk about the struggles after giving birth to a child and struggles both mentally and physically. If you follow me on Instagram or TikTok or read my blog, you know that I'm super passionate about the topic of people just expecting that they're going to come visit the baby as soon as the new parents get home or even in the freaking hospital. And I always wondered like where did this expectation come from that you know a woman gives birth and everyone and their dog is over wanting to hold the baby and pass the baby around and after thinking about this topic of postpartum recovery and how people don't really talk about it and it's kind of like a taboo subject to really go into what is going on physically and mentally with the mom i kind of had an aha moment where i was like Oh, this is why a lot of these things happen is because we don't talk about the struggles that the mom is going through. We don't talk about what the mom wants when they get home from the hospital. We don't talk about the struggles she has with breastfeeding or pumping and so on and so on like I could go on forever about this if anything I hope my podcast my blog my Instagram my TikToks brings some awareness to these issues and it gets more people talking about all these topics that are kind of ignored but are super important so thank you guys so much for listening you can follow Adiza on Instagram and TikTok and she has a blog and a YouTube channel All this stuff will be in the episode notes. If you haven't already, please go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review the Mom Room podcast. Thank you. And you probably already know this, but you can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at the.mom.room. My blog is renearena.com. And I think I've figured out my kind of schedule for the podcast. And it's looking like I'm going to be putting out solo episodes uh, where it's just me talking about an issue on Tuesdays. And then I'm going to have my guest episodes on Fridays. If you have any topic ideas for the podcast or even my blog or you know someone or you are someone that would be a good co-host, then please message me on Instagram or email me through my blog. And again, thank you so much for listening and I hope you and your child sleep tonight. (laughs)